Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Greetings, fans of the esoteric, and welcome to a very special episode. In just a moment, you will be transported back in time to Sunday the 10th of September 2023 to a live recording from the London Podcast Festival. Yes, and what a lovely time we had at the London Podcast Festival. Oh, wasn't it wonderful? I'm still recovering. They treated us so well. They gave us a free mug. We, we got free mugs, we got Twixes. Not only was it a free mug, Bernard, did you notice they were violently pink? They were. They were furiously magenta. Yes, so I think it was all geared towards me. They obviously received your rider. And they were so nice and professional and it was, oh. Anyway, before we press go, a little bit of house keeping. So the show included some visual gags, including the evisceration of a head of lettuce. So if you become confused at any point while you're listening at home, just assume something hilarious has just happened that you can't see. Yes. I mean, you had to be there for some of it. I'm not saying it's not worth listening to, though, so go on. Strap in. Strap in. Strap on. Tune in. Strap about. Drop out. Also, I did make a few little snafus. What does snafu even mean? I don't know. It's a wonderful word, isn't it? Well, is it? Sometimes you find out these things have some horrible origin. Oh, yes, that's... Maybe uh, we should check. Mm. So we just went on the internet. Snafu is okay. It's okay. It's a military acronym that stands for Situation Normal All Fucked Up. Which sounds contradictory to me. Is it normal or is it all effed up? It's probably a sort of, uh, you know, a little political joke. A little bit of a comment on what it's like to be in the army, I reckon. What do you think? What do you think they pretend everything's fine even when it's not? Well, they go, well, the situation's normal because everything's fucked up, isn't it? Oh, it is. It's one of those nihilistic sort of things, isn't it? Exactly. What was I talking about, anyway? Uh, You made a few snaps. So, during the live performance, I mean, it's a bit like warfare, isn't it? You know, when when it's all going down, uh, things are very confusing and you might choose the wrong word. I mean, maybe it's not like war because words aren't... Anyway, so what I'm trying to say is at one point I say Houston and I meant to say Dallas. I'm not going to explain any further than that. I'm sure you'll get it once you hear it. Yes. Oh, and another thing. At various points in the show, we advertise the Madame Magenta patented decision maker, which we were selling on the day. Now, we have loads of these left and we... Loads. You you can still buy them. You can very much still buy them. All you have to do is go to our Kofi shop. That's ko-fi.com slash longcatmedia and you can buy the Madame Magenta patented decision maker from the shop tab. So thank you to the London Podcast Festival and King's Place London. It was truly one of the best live performance experiences we've ever had. And thank you to the tragic fans who came to watch. It was genuinely heartwarming to talk to you all afterwards. It was, it was. And it was very nice to see that you're real people and not just figments of our imagination. Yes, you exist. You have lives. You're doing what we say as well. I know that's that's the really incredible part. Jake was there. Jake was there with Kirsty. Pissycat Man was there. Oh, yes. All these people have written to us and they were actually there. Well, not all of them, obviously, but so many. And they were wonderful. We got to smell them and everything. Cool. And now, without further ado, this is Magenta Presents live from the London Podcast Festival. Bernard. What now? Or yes. Yes, uh, Ladies and gentlemen and others, please put your hands together and welcome to the stage, Madam Magenta! <laughs> of the esoteric and welcome to Magenta Presents! The live podcast extravaganza! And what is a live podcast extravaganza? I hear you say. Well, it's a bit like a podcast, but not as good. (laughs) Because there's no editing. I'm definitely going to fuck my lines up. <laughs> definitely. And, uh, well, I mean, normally I have a toilet break about halfway through, don't I? You do, yes. Can't do that here. Or well, maybe I can. Who knows? Let's see what happens. 
And I've also got my lines in this esoteric book as well. So, so excuse. Oh, yes, here we go. Give us a cheer if you listen to the podcast. Woo! My God, that's most of them. Uh, yes, I think they're all here. Has anyone wandered into the wrong room? No. Or they're not going to admit to it anyway. Yeah. Jamila Jamil was on Friday, I will tell you that. <laughs> was she really? She was, yes. Was she in this room? I don't think she was in this room. Oh. <laughs> was she in a better room? Do you know, I think she was. I bet she wasn't dressed head to toe in polyester and looking yeah, as good as this. Sure. Anyway, so yes. Um, so anyway, today's show is being recorded. Oh yes. And will be released on the Magenta Presents feed. So let's get a big cheer of consent to your voices being used. Yeah. There we go. That's a verbal contract. And I think, uh, I think it, it also means it's consent for us to scan everyone here and recreate you using AI. Oh, yes. Yes, and then we'll use your holographic simulations just around the house just to keep us company. I have a rider against that. <sighs> There's always one. There's always one. Always one. So, for those of you who have wandered into the wrong room but are a little shy, I should introduce myself. Uh, my name is Madame Magenta, spelled the French way, said the brothel way. Which is, uh, something I didn't realise until I actually spoke to a French speaker. And then, it's too late then, wasn't it? Yes. My name was on all the merch, so it's uh, Madame Magenta, yes. So, uh, how would you describe me, Bernard? I'll describe myself. I'm a, a psychic, I'm a clairvoyant, I'm a medium, extra long in dungarees, otherwise terrible camel toe, let me tell you. And I'm a, I'm a lover of dashens. Who wouldn't silly sausage things? Uh, I'm a karaoke singer. I'm a, well, I'm an author, of course. I'm a podcaster, yes, am I not? I'm just so many things, so talented. How is it possible? I'm a renaissance woman, in that I'm a little bit fat and often naked. <laughs> Oh, yes, yes, yes. I think they all got it, actually. I think they did. This is a more highbrow audience than I than I thought. Come to expect. Yes, for those of you who didn't get it, Renaissance Man is obviously someone who has a lot of talents, Renaissance Woman. I didn't need to explain that, did I? No. Let me tell you tell you more about myself. So, my mother was a showgirl, yes, and my father... How would you describe my father? Uh, I would describe him as a, an avant-garde collection of abstract concepts. That's right. <laughs> and that's why I called him Dada. <laughs> oh. Oh, they got that as well. They got that. Even though Dada and Dada didn't sound enough alike for that joke, they work. It works much laugh. better written down. It does work. It does. It does. Right, so, um, oh yes, this is Bernard, my husband. Hello, Sorry. hello. There we go. Introduce yourself, Bernard. Hello, Bernard. Uh, no, 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 that's not Never not funny, that is. No. Yes, yes. So, uh, hashtag couple goals. Yes. Uh, so often in the, the uh, comments under our podcast, isn't it, Bernard? It is, it is. Which is weird, because we're completely incompatible, aren't we? So incompatible. Astrologically incompatible, because Bernard is a Pisces uh, with uh, Saturn rising in his seventh moon, and I'm a massive slag. So, <laughs> wildly incompatible. But we get through it, don't we, dear? We do, we, we do, do. We yes, do. we do. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Do, you, do you know what time it is? Oh, I think I do. I think it's already advert time. Advert time. Advert time. Have you got a decision to make that might alter the course of your entire life? Or perhaps you feel strung out by everyday choices. What are we having for dinner? Is it too early for a martini? Should I go to the gynecologist or shove a healing crystal up my hoo-ha? <laughs> there's, there's a name for that. Choice fatigue. And there's a solution too. Tossing a coin. Yeah. To be precise, tossing the Madame Magenta patented decision maker. Yeah, yes, on sale Ooh, applause, wonderful. Now. How does it differ from a normal coin that hundreds of people have touched with their poo-stained fingers before it landed in your purse? Ooh, I mean, the answer's there in the question, really, isn't it? So there it is. There it is, on sale today. Come on down and purchase the Madame Magenta patented decision maker. Yes, and that's, that's not a bit. It is on sale. And, <laughs> and we have, in fact, uh, emptied our savings account to, to buy these damn things in the first place. But it's all right, because we only need to sell 71 just to break even. <laughs> how many have we sold? 12. 12. <laughs> That's all right. Look how many people are in this room. How many of you have already bought one of these things? 
Uh, well, you could always buy another one. Christmas is coming. Oh, God. Oh, you know what we should do? What should we do? We should demonstrate the Madame Magenta piece. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Audience interaction time. 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 I think that might be the worst jingle I've ever done. That. <laughs> It's one of your best, Bernard. Oh, you're very good. All right, so I'm going to come into the audience and uh, feel your vibes. Oh. Here we go. So who's, who's a good person? So for the Look how purposes. happy they are. It's, it's audience interaction time. They love it. Such happy people. <laughs> Don't worry, I have an uncanny ability to know when someone does want to speak to me and speak to them anyway. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't do that. Oh, no, 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 don't worry. For the purposes of the listeners at home, Magenta is walking through the room, feeling the vibes of the audience. A strange green mist has poured in. Visible only to those with psychic connections. Yes, right. Well, you created trouble earlier. So, yeah, no, 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 no. No, actually, that's the worst type of person. To be <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm afraid you're smiling. So, <laughs> hello, my dear. What's your name? Don't tell me. Because <laughs> I'm going to use my psychic abilities to work it out. All right. This might take a while. Settle in. All right. <clears throat> So your name, your name starts with the letter of the alphabet. <laughs> and it starts with the letter of the alphabet from the beginning of the alphabet. The middle of the alphabet, sort of beginning, middle, beginning, middle, beginning, and it sounds a bit like gonna get rid of Gagari! Uh, Gerald, uh, uh, Jeffrey, uh, 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 Gordon. You know what? I'm afraid, my dear, you're blocking my energies. <laughs> this happens a lot. It's all right. It's not your fault. I mean, it is, but it's fine. So there's another way we can do this. Uh, sometimes if I take an item, an object beginning to the, be, belonging to the, um, the victim, the, 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 sorry, the, the subject, uh, then I can sort of uh, you know, get information from the object. So do you happen to have on you a credit card? <laughs> a debit card would do anything. And a pin number. <laughs> ah, God! obvious one, isn't it? <laughs> you know, yes, yes. Did you see that? I psychically... Yes, Incredible. Thank you. Thank you. Extraordinary. Thank you. It's impressive, isn't it? It's impressive. Yes, yes. What was I doing, Bernard? Oh, I was supposed to do the bloody coin, wasn't I? Yes, yes. Right, okay, so we're going to... So do you have a problem, Guy? I mean, evidently, obviously, you do. So <laughs> you're riddled with problems, I can see. But, uh, so I'm going, to, I'm going to help you now. I'm going to help you with your problem. So uh, there's three techniques to help you with your problem. So we have, uh, what do we have? We have, yes, we have the, the, the cat cards. The cat cards, what esoteric mm, uh, technique is this you ask? Well, it came from a board game and, and it's got, um, it's got uh, films, uh, professions and uh, activities on the back. It's Pictionary with cats. It's Pictionary with cats. But it, it has proved very esoterically attuned, hasn't it? It certainly has. Yes, and of course, second, we have the Madame Magenta Patent Decision Maker. Yeah, all right, they've heard the advert, it's fine. Though. And third, we have Bibliomancy. Ooh, so what is Bibliomancy, you ask? Well, I mean, uh, normally, so you, you ask a question, you go to a page, uh, you'll find the line, and then I interpret it and to solve someone's problem. So the books we have today are uh, Maggie Smith, a biography. Uh, yes. Uh, the Hobbit and the Four Hour Body. Uh, not like the, uh, the Hobbit and the Four Hour Body. It's not like Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone or anything. No, it's the Hobbit and the Four Hour Body. Uh, normally, you can use the Bible as well. But it's a Sunday, isn't it? Why aren't you in church? <laughs> well, you sort of are, aren't you, in a way? Yes, but I don't like to use the Bible. It's a bit contentious. A lot of people like the Bible. So, anyone here like the Bible? Yes. I like it too, because you know what? I really relate to the main character. 
I do. I do. I mean, I like a glass of wine. I can grow a great beard. And I have been known to pay sex workers to wash my feet. So, you know. Have you ever seen me and Jesus in the same room? That's all I'm saying. You haven't. He's dead. So, how could you? Yeah. But uh, so, should we use one of these? Then? Yes, all right. Yes. yes. What all right, we... guy. Do you have a problem? So many, I can't even begin to list them. <laughs> <laughs> one you're willing to share with the room. Because it's, it's all right, everybody. I just want to say, there's no shame allowed in this room. No shame at all. Because give me a cheer if you've ever, ever had a problem. There we go, it's just a human thing, isn't it? Give me a cheer if you've ever felt sad and confused. Like now. Yes, exactly. Give me a cheer if you've ever been lonely. Yes, exactly. There's no shame in it. There's no shame in loneliness. We've all been to the hairdressers just to feel the touch of another human hand, haven't we? <laughs> Some of us go quite a lot, don't we? Well, before you, Bernard, I was practically bald. Yes, that, that's where the turban came yes, from. Yes, I kept going for a trim. They were like, there's nothing left. But anyway, so yes, there's no shame, no shame. So have you got one you'd be willing to share with the room? I mean, we do have a bag of problems. You can pick from this if you like. But whatever this bag. problem is, well, you might end up with it, I'm afraid. You know, I'm, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. What is it? I'm to take the All right, the rest of you start thinking about a problem you'd like to share with the room. <laughs> there we go. So, yes, we know you're a bit shy, so we've got lots of very common problems in here, the ones that get written to us quite a lot. What's it say? What's this? Uh, well, it's a nice big, no, big voice. Magenta, you look wonderful today. Oh, Can I just uh, say that? Well, that's, that's so nice. It's almost as if it was written on the piece of paper. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, here is my problem. Uh, my pet is acting weird. Oh, God, we get this one all the time. My don't pet we? is acting my weird. My pet is acting weird. Do you know how many emails we have with weird pets? <laughs> I think it's just pets, isn't it? I, Aren't they yes. all a bit weird? So your pet is acting weird, guy. Weird. Do you have a pet? Uh, I do have a pet. Oh, what, what is it? It's a cat. A cat. Well, there you go. I mean, if it wasn't acting weird, that would be weird, wouldn't it? All right, so... I'm wondering, is it ghosts? Is it ghosts? Is it I mean, ghosts? probably the answer is yes. So, so which divination tactic would you uh, like? Bibliomancy, please. Bibliomancy, all right. So, obviously, this is the part of the show where it could go spectacularly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, you thought when you came here today, we'll go and see the live version of the podcast, thinking it'll be much better. It's much worse. Oh, God. <laughs> it's massively worse. Uh, yes, I mean, hopefully, no, no, anyway, let's yeah. just get on with it and hope for the best. Um, Guy, which book would you like? The Hobbit. The Hobbit? The Hobbit. The Hobbit. And what uh, do you want to... Actually, yeah, let me take it, Bernard. All right, would you, would you like to shout out a number? Um, 136. 136. Here it is. And what voice would you like Bernard to... <laughs> <laughs> um, we all know which voice that everyone wants, don't we? Well, yes. 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 Oh. <laughs> Straight in there. But first, first of all, could you give me a line? Um, 14. 14? Oh, good. So now we have to wait four, and five, while six, he counts down to 14. Nine, just stare at each other. Just stare. Uh, <laughs> right. You yes. couldn't have picked two, could you, Guy? No. No. Uh, uh, so, uh, so what is the voice you would like? Um, this gentleman... Choose a you voice want, you want the voice of this gentleman? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we've we only just met. Like. Like. <laughs> Do you sound a bit like Gerald of Rivendell? Oh, about that. So the witches, uh, Gerald. Oh, what's Get, his bloody Get, name? Gerald of Rivia. That's it. Gerald of Riverdale. All right. Is so, <laughs> All right, so let me let me just get into character. <laughs> Fuck. Okay, oh. I'm there. I'm there. Nice, isn't it? The day will come when they will perish and I shall go back. Oh, <laughs> I mean, it was the correct voice. That was very sexy. Not Say a nothing. dry seat in the house, Bernard. <laughs> We're all sliding around. Oh, Natalie. What was the question? <laughs> Is my cat being weird? Oh, yeah, well. <laughs> Basically, the question. And the answer was, they'll, they're going to die. They're going to die. Actually, yes, there, there we go. It's in great distress, uh, and it's going to die. <laughs> That's why it's acting weird. How old is it? I mean, you've left it alone. Uh, I mean, five. 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 Yeah. Oh. oh, well, it's had a good innings. That's what <laughs> Any other problems? Any other problems? Any other problems in the house? Oh, actually, we have a problem that was emailed to us because I did ask people to email me their problems. And do you know how many people did that? Do you know how many people did that? <laughs> One. <laughs> but it's a good problem. So, Jake, Jake, make yourself known. Hello. There's Jake, there you 
Hello. Hello, Jake and Kirsty. Yes. Oh, Jake, you're even more handsome than in your little thumbnail. <laughs> and Kirsty, Kirsty, so, I've never seen your thumbnail, but it, uh, you're so beautiful, better than I thought Jake could manage. But... <laughs> Jake is one of our, our longest fans. Longest fans? Longest fans. <laughs> if he lies down, he's one of our longest fans. Stretch him out a bit. He's on. Anyway, uh, so what voice would you like Bernard to uh, read your question out? Carry, uh, carry on with Gerald. All right, it's then. just going to be Gerald. If it ain't broke. <laughs> well, then. Uh, well, we haven't uh, di divined any sort of. Uh... Oh, sorry. We no. read the question. The question. <laughs> See, this How is. How are we going to answer the problem? This, this is what would normally be known as an edit point. Yes. <laughs> but this been is quite the a few experience. so far. We are right. going to release this, you know, but we're going to edit it down to about five minutes. Oh, <laughs> a tight five. All right, so. <clears throat> myself and my partner, Kirsty, are getting married in October. But we still haven't decided a location for our honeymoon. If you could please ask the spirits where we should go, or a general idea of where we should spend our getaway, we would be most grateful. Getaway? Getaway is what I said. Lovely, all right, so it's a holiday question. Uh, which, uh, or Bibliomancy, cat cards, uh, Madame Magenta Pays and a decision maker, which would you like to use? Which would you? Cat cards. Oh, here we go then. How exciting. Do, 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 do. That's, I don't know what I was trying to do. <laughs> right, would you like to choose a card? Oh, he's managed to do it, everybody. Uh, and uh, so we have uh, films, professions, and activities on the back. <laughs> this isn't going to work at all. <laughs> Which one would you like? Uh, film. Film. JFK. Oh, okay. Well. Uh, there you go. <laughs> Houston. <laughs> That's where you should go. Well, I mean, there is also uh, New York City is, of course, uh, JFK Airport, isn't it? Oh, oh yes, yes. Yeah. I don't know. Is it? It Good. is, yeah. Well, yes, that's a bit less morbid than it's me a... suggesting. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all right. Well, this, this has gone better than I thought it was going to go. I'm almost tempted to do one more. I mean, should I think we, we should more? probably squeeze one more in. All right. Is it, does anyone want to... Anyone got a problem? <gasps> yes, oh, a, a live problem. I'm so excited. Go on. So I'm here into like a full-time job, mm -hmm. and I. <laughs> this sounds like a real problem. <laughs> a year into a full-time job. Yes. I'm not really into it, but I really like having money. <laughs> <laughs> not really into it, but really like having money. It's, it's a universal problem. I think we're, our ears are on stalks now. Like, yeah. what's the solution to this? All right. So, uh, and what's your name, Rudy? Rudy. See, I could have divined that. I just, you know, I just, I'm giving myself a little break. You know, you know, psychically though, I already knew, to be honest. Of course. Yes, yes. So, which uh, which divination technique would you like? We haven't used Maggie. We haven't used Maggie. Maggie is going to use. I don't even so Maggie. I guess I'll choose Maggie. the four-hour. <laughs> <laughs> we have a troll in our midst. It's fine. Although I, I warn you, the answer is going to be carbohydrate-based. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, if we could have a number between one and about a thousand. <laughs> Nine. Nine. <laughs> Thank you for that. Nine. And a uh, line number, please. Wait, I need to... Yes, it's important. You don't want to rush into it. Fifteen. Fifteen, all right. One, two, three, four, five, six. What voice would you like him to do? Um, the flop from the Ice Age. <laughs> How does that character sound? Could you give us an approximation? <laughs> um, I only know the Hebrew translation. <laughs> that's fine, that's fine. <laughs> We're all waiting. No, I don't... Can you do an interpretation of that interpretation? I mean, I can't. <laughs> and it's trying to think, oh, it's so bad. Like that? that? Yes. Is that it? Is that insulting? Like Probably. Yes. All right. Go on. All right. Ugh. I'll try and channel the energy that you're giving me. 
Now the good news, with a little help, it's never been easier to collect a few data points, track them, and make small changes that produce incredible results. It was once a sloth. It was a very constipated sloth, I think. That is actually just sounds like a very sensible answer, doesn't it? I mean, it... How, what are you going to do about your job? You collect some data points about how awful it is and how good it can be. And then you, what was the rest of it? Uh, uh, it was and then boring. you, you track them, make small changes that produce incredible results. There we go. So just introduce small changes into your workday. You know, you know, like a, a mid-morning... <laughs> you know, maybe find someone to have an affair with at work, that sort of thing. Yeah, it's just small changes, you know. Maybe set fire to the building. I don't know, small changes, that sort of thing. Yeah? Yeah, did we help you? Yes, we did! A big round of applause! Marvellous! Is that enough? We shouldn't push our luck, should we? Yeah. All right. All right, so, what's the next bit? So, I'm going to change the tone. Yes, yes. So, because you see, this is Magenta Presents, not Magenta Sonus Mystica. Who? And uh, give me a cheer if you listen to Sonus Mystica. Oh, yes, so Sonus Mystica, it's very lighthearted, it's very fun. Magenta Presents is not. No. Magenta Presents likes to ruin the atmosphere with a genuinely disturbing story. And uh, yes, so uh, if you like us babbling, then you won't like the story. And if you like the story, you won't like us babbling. It's like something for no one. It's great. What a brilliant idea for a podcast that was, anyway. So yes, we're going to read you a story. And so there will be no more laughter, I'm afraid. No more laughter. Some of you didn't even start, so that's fine. All right, so, and uh, the story I will read to you today arrived at our house in a blood-stained envelope. I think someone hurt themselves licking the flap. Ooh. Not that kind of flap. <laughs> Paper cuts, that's what I was talking about. Anyway, inside was the inner envelope was this tale of horror that coincidentally requires various sound effects that Bernard can trigger live. And so good people. Magenta presents Little Boxes. Some workers work indoors, and some work outdoors. Some work up in the sky, and some work underground. Some workers always do their work at the same place. What does your daddy do? Uh, What does your mummy do? Magenta. Magenta, I'm sorry to interrupt. It sounds like you're reading What Do People Do All Day by Richard Scarry. Wonder why there were illustrations. <laughs> that was pretty spooky, though, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was quite effective. Richard Scary, more like. Hey, hey, hey. Richard Scary. Richard Scary. I'm just going to get, I just realised. Edit point. I'm going to get some water. All right. Wow, seamless. All right, let's do it properly. Let's do it properly, All right. All right. When one stumbles across a cursed or haunted object, it is more often than not a piece of jewellery and very, very old. You know the type of thing, a necklace black with age found in the attic, a ring washed up on a wintry beach, a gold talk ripped from a mummy's withered arm. Don't do that, don't do that. But old is relative, of course. When one is, say, 19, for instance, old is anything or anyone over the age of 25. Or if you're Leonardo DiCaprio, anything over the age of 25 is pretty old as well. (laughs) So when young Alex Norris discovered a curbside display of jewellery from the 80s and 90s and even earlier, she felt like an archaeologist uncovering the entrance to a tomb. She might not have beheld these items at all had she gone the usual route to her job at the supermarket. But that morning she got lost. How she got lost, she knew not. She'd trod the same path a hundred times, and yet here she was, on a street of nondescript bungalows she'd never seen before. Baffled, Alex took her phone from her bag and tapped on the maps app. Goodness! She'd somehow walked straight past the supermarket almost two miles back. How on earth had that happened? She turned back the way she came and walked straight into a table. (laughs) A very solid table. How fast was she going, Yes. She spent several moments rolling around, clutching her shins in agony. What was a table doing on the pavement? A table covered in things. Alex took a closer look. 
and beheld a plethora of necklaces, earrings, and bracelets, and amongst them a sign that said, free to a good home. Free! Is there anything more enticing? Alex was considering a mood ring, a pendant in the shape of a cherry, and a pair of blue and white plastic earrings when the man called out. Is this a customer I see before me? Startled, Alex looked up. A granddad in a zippered cardigan had emerged from the ivy-covered bungalow beyond the table. He made his way towards her, a spring in his step. Seen something you like? Oh, um, no, I mean, yes, oh, sorry, oh, Alex said, embarrassed. Because 90% of interactions are embarrassing when you're young. Maybe it's nature's way of keeping us away from creeps. She pointed to the earrings. These are nice, she said. They're yours. He replied, and in one fluid motion, he grabbed the earrings and dropped into a deep crouch, disappearing behind the table. One moment. Alex considered running off before the old man could emerge, but not, no sooner had the thought entered her mind than up he sprang again, a sealed shoebox in his hands. Pretty earrings for a pretty girl. He held the shoebox towards her, unthinking she took it. Oh, uh, they're in here. Alex sounds a lot like me, sorry. Uh, uh, thank you, but actually, I, I don't need the box. I can just put them in my, uh, my, uh, my pocket or... Uh, what was that? What? Well, that, the, the... That. It was coming from the shoebox, as if something other than earrings lay within. Something alive. What's in here? The man smiled, his teeth very white and even. Oh, uh, I put a few extra bits and bobs inside that complement the earrings. Free of charge, of course. Right, thanks, she said, because she'd been taught to be courteous, taught to ignore her instincts, to maintain a pleasant facade at any cost. Can't relate. It's not me. Goodbye, then, said the man. Alex thanked him again and then spent several agonizing moments cramming the shoebox into her rucksack while he watched and then another few very long moments checking her phone to find out where she was going. As she rushed off, the old man disappeared back into his bungalow. Hooting owl. Hooting owl. Hooting owl. Night time. Night time. It wasn't until evening that Alex remembered the encounter. She took the shoebox out of her bag, placed it on her bed, it was old, the edges ragged. A sticker on the side said loafers, men's size nine. As she pulled off the lid, the box seemed to exhale, <sighs> releasing into the air a soft, musky scent. Temptation by impulse body spray. <laughs> Alex didn't know how she knew it was temptation by impulse body spray, a scent she was completely unfamiliar with. The knowledge had simply arrived in her head. But there was no time to wonder. The shoebox was stuffed with vintage goodies. A thrill ran through her as she threw her. What was that? A thrill ran through her. There we go. As she reached for a small gray plastic thing with buttons no larger than her palm. She'd seen one of these before in an old film. Embossed on the gray plastic was the archaic word Walkman. <laughs> there was a cassette still inside. Alex pressed the eject button, and the tape deck creaked open. <laughs> we all remember that sound. <laughs> Written on the tape in red biro were more words from a bygone age. Mixed tape. She turned her attention to the other items within. A pair of headphones, a hair scrunchie with a few strands of hair wrapped around the fabric. Ew, disgusting. A black Casio watch, a set of bracelets, and finally the blue and white earrings she'd admired that morning. It suddenly occurred to Alex that the earrings had been fake. The shiny plastic winking in the sunlight, luring her into a trap. <laughs> but that didn't make any sense. What kind of trap? No. She was being silly. She wasn't. <laughs> Alex hushed her inner voice, slid the shoebox under her bed, and went to sleep. The next morning, before leaving for work, Alex felt an almost irresistible urge to wear the earrings. But alas, her supervisor would no doubt tell her to take them off. So instead, she grabbed the Walkman, and off she went. And oh, wasn't the mixtape fun? No, it was! Very upbeat and poptastic, as the kids say. One of the songs was so cheesy and such an earworm that she found herself humming it several times throughout the day. Here is this one. Dance night. Is what she needs. Do, 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 do. How's it go? 
Uh, uh, we're young in a crazy world and we're never ever gonna get old. Never ever going to get old. It's not sinister, is it? At the supermarket, Alex tried to get her workmates to listen, but they were being really weird and saying things like, there's nothing coming out of the headphones, Alex, it must be broken, and stuff like that. She felt quite hurt, actually, chose to eat lunch on her own. She didn't need them anyway, not when she had Dance Like Somebody's Watching by Duncan Newgate. <laughs> she didn't know how she knew it was sung by Duncan Newgate. She'd never even heard of Duncan Newgate. The information had simply arrived in her head. Her day off came and she felt light and happy. There were no awful gaslighting workmates to ruin her day or silly supervisors telling her what not to wear. And so on went every item from the shoebox. Earrings dangling, bracelets jangling, Alex clipped the Walkman to her waistband and went for a walk. Man. <laughs> uh, the nerdiest thing I've ever seen. A lot of competition as well. Despite the heat, it was overcast that day, the air humid. Under a leaden sky, Alex pressed play on the mixtape. She knew Duncan's song very well by now, which is why she was caught off guard when the lyrics changed. He was watching me, and he gave me a gift. Trapped me, help me. Had she misheard? She stopped and rewound the tape. The sky overhead felt somehow lower than before, the air closer. She pressed play. I'm not alone. There are others. Come and help us. We're in the basement. <laughs> Alex stopped in the street, sweat prickling her skin. And oh dear, look where she was. Somehow her feet had taken her all the way to a certain bungalow. Alex ran. She ran straight home, flung the items back in the shoebox, and then uh, thought about throwing the whole thing away, but instead slid the shoebox under her bed. I know. Throw the fucking thing away. What are you playing at? But she just couldn't bring herself to do it, because she knew what she'd heard was the truth. Someone was trapped in the basement of the bungalow that belonged to the old man in the zip-up cardigan. A group of someone's, in fact. And they needed her. I mean, really, throw it in a well. <laughs> Give it to a priest, say, do something useful for a change. <laughs> Melt it in the bloody microwave, anything, just... <sighs> anyway, Alex lasted a whole week before she opened the shoebox again. A week of vivid dreams of bungalows and pop music. A week of the distant jangling of bracelets every time she moved her arm of feeling the weight of earrings dangling from her lobes, only to reach up and nothing. I know, I know, I know, God. Just don't do it, don't do it, Alex. But what else could she do? She couldn't take it much longer. She had to go to the bungalow. She had to check the basement. She had to return the shoebox. Did she really? I don't think she did. Just ignore it. I mean, have you, has she never seen a horror movie before? Have any of these people ever seen a horror movie before? Just pretend it hadn't happened. Just, just book yourself a one-way ticket to anywhere. <laughs> do bungalows even have basements? I don't know. No, I don't think they do. <laughs> it's too late to change that detail now, isn't it? <laughs> Due to a strong desire to avoid the old man, Alex decided to break into his home when he wasn't there. She'd never broken into anyone's house before, and indeed, she regularly lay awake at night worrying about the packet of chewing gum she'd stolen from a newsagent when she was nine years old, so she didn't take this decision lightly. But what choice did she have? Loads of choices. <laughs> Luckily, she knew the old man left the house every weekday at around 11am, returning an hour later, which left a comfortable window of time for her to get in and get out again. She also knew there was a spare key to the door under a gnome in the back garden. And this time, at least, she knew how that information had arrived in her head. Duncan Newgate had told her. There's a key under the gnome. <laughs> a trustworthy source. <laughs> the day of the break-in, Alex bunked off work, and at 10.50am, she was crouched behind a wheelie bin with a clear sight line to the old man's bungalow. From her lobes hung the blue and white earrings. On her back was her rucksack. 
The digital display on her Casio wristwatch clicked to 11.01 a.m. just as the side door of the bungalow opened and the man emerged, wearing the same thick, zippered cardigan from before. She waited until he'd walked out of sight, and then a couple of minutes more to be safe, before she scurried across the street, up the driveway, and around to the back of the house. His back garden was fairly large, somewhat overgrown, and full of gnomes. <laughs> Hundreds of the buggers everywhere she looked. Clutching fishing rods, sitting on toadstools, laughing at her. Like that. Duncan had failed to mention which gnome the key was under. There was nothing for it. Alex started lifting gnomes. It took her 24 minutes to find the key. 24 minutes of frantic gnome lifting. Her back ached with the effort, but finally, under a particularly sinister gnome pushing a wheelbarrow, there it was. She scurried to the back door and shoved the key in the lock. It like that. She took her time. And she crept inside. The inside of the house was very neat, very 70s, brown and orange were the dominant colours. From another room, an old record played. Alex calculated she had roughly 30 minutes before the old man returned. 30 minutes. That was all right. Yes, it was only a small bungalow. She'd be in and out faster than you could say. This is a terrible idea! It was really no need to panic because it really was very small, so how long could it possibly take? 17 minutes just to find the entrance to the basement. 17 minutes of dashing from musty room to musty room, her heart thudding as she opened doors and cupboards, lifted rugs, so many rugs, multiple rugs in every room, until finally she found it, a trapdoor under a rug in the dining room. 13 minutes left until his return. The trapdoor was stiff, but with renewed vigor, Alex heaved it open. And with that, the basement exhaled. A musty, confused scent, like a packed railway carriage on a hot day, a muddle of breath, hairspray and perfume, packed lunches crammed into bags, stale sweat. Was someone down there? She listened. Nothing. Ooh. Music. As if from a great distance. Alex peered into the darkness below. There were steps leading down, uneven dirt steps, hewn from the very earth. Beyond the first few, she could see nothing, but she'd come prepared. She took a heavy flashlight from her rucksack and descended. Down she went, down and down, earth beneath her, earth on every side. Someone, the old man perhaps, had simply dug straight down, past the foundations of the house, down and down, and then out and under the street, forming the large basement room she now found herself in. So that's how a bungalow can have a basement. <laughs> Alex swung her flashlight to and fro. It was quickly apparent that the basement was completely empty. Oh no, oh no, no it wasn't. Over there, shapes, boxes. There were boxes stacked against the far wall. They called out to her. She crossed the uneven dirt floor, so uneven it undulated like waves of earth frozen in time, or shallow graves, no bit like that, and took a closer look. Stacks of shoe boxes and suitcases too. One, two, three, four, nine suitcases, and the tower of shoe boxes was as tall as her. The ones at the top looked fairly new, the rest in increments of squashy cardboard collapse. That was a good line, wasn't it? That's very good. Thank you. Literary, that is. Impulsively, Alex grabbed a shoebox and placed it on the dirt floor. She ripped off the lid, and there inside, an iPhone with a broken screen in a glittery case and a set of earbuds. Nothing else. Alex grabbed another. Inside that one, a set of three keys clipped onto a grubby pom-pom keychain, an open pack of cinnamon chewing gum, a watermelon lip gloss, and an iPod. By this point, of course, Alex knew she didn't know how she knew, but it was probably something to do with the whispers in her head that grew with each subsequent shoebox. Oh. The Casio watch on her wrist beeped. Had she set an alarm? Should she go? Could she, now that she knew? The third shoebox had a set of hair clips, a pair of glasses, a flip phone, a discman, and something she recognized from the table in the street, the cherry pendant. 
The first suitcase she opened had a full set of clothes, old clothes from a long time ago, and nestled amongst the fabric a copy of Wuthering Heights, a brown leather purse, a necklace, the gold plate rubbed thin where it had rested against Isabel's neck. Isabel? Who, who was Isabel? 10th of September, 1972, Richmond train station. Isabel couldn't afford a taxi. She'd accepted a lift from the nice man with the lovely white teeth. A wave of dizziness crouched over the suitcase. Alex took a moment to breathe. They were all here, and they all needed her. But what did they want her to do? To join them? What would go in her shoebox? Her phone, of course, the flashlight, Maxine's blue and white earrings. Maxine? Oh, yes, of course, that was her name. Duncan's biggest fan. Maxine's Casio wristwatch. The Walkman as well, of course, the Walkman. Crowbar missed her by a hair, hitting the basement floor with force. He'd approached on silent feet, but the moment before he'd swung, Alex had lurched to the side and out of harm's way. Somehow she'd kept her grip on the flashlight, the beam arcing from the walls of the basement to the ceiling as she rolled. Meanwhile, Mr. Cardigan was shocked to find himself in close communion with the floor, cheek pressed to dirt. The crowbar's momentum had dragged him forward. He struggled to rise, prepared to strike again. No one besides him had ever left his basement, and he'd make damn sure no one ever would. But an assault of memories pressed him down, kept him on his knees in the dirt, scent and sound and fear and fury closing in. All in all, Alex had plenty of time to run, but she didn't. Instead, she brought the heavy flashlight down onto the man's bald head. Again and again. One blow for every evening removed from a lobe, earring not evening. A blow for every necklace ripped from its owner's neck. For every pocket, do it into the microphone, Bernard, otherwise it's not foley, is it? <laughs> a blow for every, uh, for every pocket and purse rifled through for souvenirs. Again, and again, and again. Oh, I think, I think the lettuce is dead, Bernard, you can stop now. <laughs> We'll clean that up, don't worry. <laughs> Was it really Alex who had crushed the man's skull? Alex who neatly folded his cardigan and found an empty suitcase to place it in. Alongside a tube of peppermints and a set of dentures, no wonder his teeth were so white and even. Oh, and a record he'd left playing upstairs on his turntable. That went in too. Was it Alex who dug a hole in the dirt of the basement and dragged him in? who exhumed the bones of the others, paired them with their belongings, and left the whole lot outside the local police station one night. What a lot of work for one person. But it wasn't just one person, of course. Alex would never be alone again. And in time, she would invite new people to the bungalow where she now lived, where they all lived. New people singing new songs. finish it there we just we just finish the podcast don't we bernard yes we go goodbye listen to the next one and that's it but uh, you know we can actually see you so we feel like we should do some aftercare so what we're gonna do is we're gonna end on a song i mean i say we bernard's going to sing obviously uh, so yes uh, so this is uh, this song so some of you might know bernard was in a band called Foucault's Pendulum, uh, and uh, when that dissolved, he had a solo career. I did, yes. A very short one. Yes. And this was his, I say big, big Halloween hit. None of you will have heard of it. But here is Bernard's big Halloween hit. Take it away, Bernard. I travelled to the future in a time machine To a beach of red by a sea of green When out of the waves crawled a monstrous thing A gigantic crab who started to sing To the crab It's got dance moves To the crab To the crab Crabs from the future to the crab it waved its antennae and snapped its claws Feel free And then to out leave, of the sea the scuttled many more Till the beach that was it's previously barren and drab Was alive with a hundred dancing crabs To the crab To the crab 
We're going to do a meet and greet after this, so if you want to meet us, then then do hang around afterwards. And we have a lot of merch on the table in the foyer. A lot of merch. Yes. And actually, for the first one who buys some merch and brings it back here, you get a free copy of Maggie Smith's biography. Because I thought we'd lost our one, so I bought another, and then I found the original, so we'll even sign it. Oh, who are you? Yes, good. So I went back to the past in my time machine, told the folks back home about the things I'd seen. Now a new dance craze is sweeping the nation, the dance of the monstrous red crustacean. Do the crab. Very good. Do the crab. Do the crab. From the future, do the crab. Oh, one more time. Do the crab. Do the crab. Do the crab. Crabs from the future. Do the crab. Two, three, four. Crabs. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you so much. You've been lovely. And thank you to King's Place. Thank you to King's Place as well, who are absolutely lovely. And you should go and see as many other shows as you possibly can. Although you should also... Don't waste your money on that, actually. Go and buy some birch. Come back here. And uh, you get to meet us. Thank you again. And uh, good, uh, good day to you. <laughs> good day. Good day to you. Madam Magenta. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Night has fallen, the moon is full, and we're inviting you to listen to Canada by Night, a podcast where professional improvisers play Vampire the Masquerade. Detective-turned-vampire Everett Fry accidentally becomes the sheriff of New Haven, an experimental town where they're testing if vampires and humans can coexist. Stuck leading a ragtag group of officers, the Bruja bounty hunter Val, the gangrel news reporter Evangeline, and the Tremere blood witch Doris, can Everett keep the town running? Or will everyone end up liquidated by the Vampire Council of Canada? Trending on global fiction charts and produced by Dum Dums and Dice, whose podcast Dum Dums and Dragons ranked number two of all fiction podcasts in America. Listen now to find out why Canada by Night has been downloaded more than a half a million times. Canada by Night, its interview with the vampire, if it had all the characters from Parks and Rec in it. <laughs>